mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers. Sean from Silicon Theory here, and this is Silicon Theory Radio. Wherever you're listening to our show, whether it's on Anchor.fm or your favorite podcast platform, thanks for tuning in. Today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a topic I covered a little bit briefly in a video that went up on our website and YouTube channel yesterday. So if you haven't already, or if you prefer to watch that content, head on over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory, or head over to silicontheory.com. You can find a link there for the video called the Google Pixel 3 XL leaks are bad. If you prefer to listen, then I'm glad you tuned in because that's what the show's about. The website mobile-review.com, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, is either a Russian or Ukrainian uh, technology enthusiast who managed to get his hands on a what appears to be pre-production unit but was a finished unit of the Google Pixel 3 XL. The device came in retail packaging. It had all of the retail accessories, including some Pixel Bud style headphones, as well as wall chargers and adapters, all the manuals, all the literature, and of course, the phone itself. And there was basically a full review published of this device. Now keep in mind, this device is not official and has not even been launched by Google yet. It hasn't even been announced by Google that it's going to be launched yet. So the fact that we're expecting that announcement sometime in early October, and this is August 23rd as I record this, the review went up yesterday, the 22nd, is, is it's just bonkers. Like I can't even, it's hard to begin to be able to fathom what it was that just happened. Now, the rumor going around uh, coming directly from 9to5Google is that a Ukrainian black market uh, representative uh, got his hands on some of these pre-production units and then auctioned them off for around $2,000. The reviewer on Mobile Review indicated that uh, he was contacted by an individual and was able to uh, make arrangements to pick it up. Uh, it was a little bit unclear because, one, the Google Translate from Russian to English is not an exact science. Uh, but two, uh, it wasn't made clear whether or not uh, he actually paid for it. It, it, it kind of gave the uh, reference that there might have been, uh, that his device may have been given to him for free. Um, and that would be another interesting development. But the, hey, motorcycles, the, uh, the gist of it is that pretty much almost every detail of this Pixel 3 device, uh, Pixel 3 XL device, excuse me, uh, has been leaked. And... I don't think that's good for Google. Uh, and aside from the obvious PR disaster that having your next flagship phone show up somewhere on a website two months early is, that's the obvious. I want to talk a little bit what's beyond the obvious and why I think this really is uh, a signal that something needs to change at the top of Google's hardware division. And basically what I'm going to end up ultimately coming to the conclusion is that not only is the Pixel line, the Pixel phone line itself failing spectacularly, but that probably means that the head of Google's hardware division, Rick Osterloh, needs to go and someone else needs to come in and try and take it over and drive the Pixel devices in a new direction. So what we have is the phone that's leaked entirety. Uh, it appears to have 
a glass back, a two-tone glass back, because it supports wireless charging. So that could mean it's either some kind of polycarbonate, plastic, or glass, and it's frosted in such a way, such as the uh, OnePlus 6 is, to appear to be a material other than glass. It's not glossy, it's not uh, shiny or very reflective. It's had some kind of either laser or acid etching done to it so that it appears to be a material other than glass. But we've been told, and the leaks and the rumors have all said that it's going to be glass. Wireless charging has been confirmed. And we have the front side of the display, which has the, what I'm referring to as the double thick, and thick is spelled T-H-I-C-C, the double thick notch which is probably the single most divisive design feature of any mobile smartphone in 2018. Jean-Pierre and I have talked about this ad nauseum. But it's come down to each year of the three years of the Pixel line's existence. You have what amounts to truly radical redesign. To me, this indicates that there isn't a direction and there isn't a clear, consistent vision. And before you, you know, jump up on your high horse and comment or leave a uh, leave a, vo- a voice note if you're on Anchor and tell me that's Google's mo, like they just throw stuff against the wall, see what sticks, and move on with it. Like that is true, and it's it's well documented that Google has a history of doing that. But see, that's the point. That's exactly the opposite of what they initially said that they were going to do with the Pixel line. Rick Osterloh has gone on record as saying they really want to go into a space where the Pixel line is their flagship offering. It is a key piece of their mobile hardware division. It is a singular focus for what the vessel that distributes Android should be like. And that's really what the Pixel line is. It's a way to get advertising and it's a way to get Android into the hands of people who might not otherwise have had it because they didn't want to get you know, Samsung's vision or LG's vision or HTC's vision or any of the other mobile OEM's vision of what Android is. And they also wanted to find a way to showcase their search features in new and more exciting ways. Because that's how Google gets paid. Like, they are one of the largest search engines, the largest search engine on the planet, and one of the largest advertising companies. So the Pixels are really just a vehicle for getting the software out there. So hardware is significantly less important, obviously, to Google than their software business. But if the hardware business sucks, if the hardware itself sucks, then there's really no point in buying it and then you don't have the software in the hands of the people that you want it to have. And the Pixel brand is is niche. It's maybe always going to be niche, such as the Nexus line was. But they've made a lot of changes and they've added a lot of features to the software that are very consumer-friendly which would lead one to believe, and coupled with the statements that have already been made by multiple Google officials, Rick Osterloh included, that they really want this to be a mainstream-style flagship phone. It's designed to compete from a pricing standpoint with the Samsungs of the world, which is the de facto Android standard device. When you walk into a carrier store or Best Buy or order on Amazon, Samsung's basically the one that you get. And they have a global presence and a very large presence in the United United States. So it's not a surprise that that's the case. So if Google is frenemies with Samsung and they want to compete on that same level playing field, then they need to do some of the things that are required in order to be able to play on that field. And that includes things like driving consumers to a phone that gives them a consistent and positive hardware and software experience. 
Now, the issues with the Pixel line from a hardware standpoint are well documented. I'm not going to rehash them here. But to suffice it to say that in three successive years, the Pixel has gone from a chunky top and bezel, but otherwise boring design, but very good software, to very good software and getting better slightly from the standpoint of hardware uh, smaller top and bottom bezels. We added things like water and dust resistance. We added front-facing speakers, uh, even though we eliminated things like the headphone jack. And we got to a place where we were very sure. Sure is not the right word. We were very confident, let's say, that after the Pixel 2 XL's iterative change, the reduction in the bezels, the adding of features, that the Pixel 3 would bring, would bring the consumers a very positive hardware experience. Refining the design, iterating on the design, perfecting and polishing the design would make the Pixel 2 XL in its next successive generation truly an outstanding device because the software experience is already amongst the best, bar none. And so people were very excited for the Pixel 3 XL launch announcement. And then when the leaks started to come out that Google was doing things like adding a notch and increasing the thickness of the chin and potentially keeping the device the same size so that they couldn't make allowances for things like battery capacity and uh, the, the respective changes that need to happen when you change the size of the panel and move around internals to allow for things like a dual front-facing camera uh, while still having the front-facing speakers. Like all of these changes logistically mean that the internal components have to shift and move and, and, and that causes a lot of extra effort and work and change on the part of the R&D team and the hardware fab team and all of the people that go into making a device what it is when it sells. And it was confusing at first and people were uh, basically amongst the text enthusiast community, there was some consternation. Like, why would Google do this? They already had a great design. They already had a really good product. Give us a better OLED panel, maybe shrink the bezels a little bit, maybe tweak the battery capacity a little bit, and then give us the newest version of Android and you've got yourself a phone that will sell in the millions and millions of devices. Yeah, they're expensive, but they're going to sell. People who are hardcore Android enthusiasts, people who enjoy the Android platform as opposed to the iOS platform are going to buy a Pixel device. Whether they buy the big one or they buy the little one, there are people who are going to buy this phone simply because it's a Google phone and it's something that they've wanted and that the community has wanted for a very long time. And again, with all of the consumer friendly features that are built into it, you have things like what's playing, which displays the current song that's playing around you. Your device can hear you. You can squeeze your phone to activate the Google Assistant so you don't have to say the Google hot word and look like an idiot while you're walking around out loud talking to your phone. These are all consumer-friendly features. So you would think that Google wants to have a consumer-friendly phone, and yet they change the design of the larger phone for the third time. We haven't even seen the smaller device, but the rumor is, is that it's going to look a lot like the Pixel 2 XL, which makes it a much more attractive phone, even though it's smaller, from a design aesthetic standpoint, i.e. it won't be ugly. People don't want an ugly phone. People put up with the iPhone 10, but it also doesn't have the gigantic chin on the bottom of it, and the notch on the top is a solution for Face ID because of biometric authentication features that have been removed with the removal of Touch ID, the big home button that iOS had for so many years. This is 
an element of the design language and Apple had been working on it for years and years and years and they had a way and they had the money to put into perfecting the design. Now they'll shrink the notch probably as many OEMs are starting to do. You're seeing companies like Oppo and Xiaomi produce renders of phones that have an essential phone style notch, that little widow's peak, a little dimple that houses the front facing camera and then everything else is the screen. And it's a lot less offensive than a gigantic notch. And it's certainly a lot less offensive than this double thick notch that Google's got going. And there's no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. No one is clamoring for dual front-facing selfie cameras. No one is clamoring for what is rumored to be the wide-angle camera on the front that the Pixel 2 XL is presumed to sport. No one is clamoring for these things. What people were clamoring for was a better display, better battery life, and obviously people want the headphone jack back, but that's, that's not gonna happen. So they wanted the Pixel 2 XL and they just wanted a few of the problems with it to be fixed. And that's not what Google did. What Google did was drastically redesign again. And it's starting to feel like every single year they are starting from scratch. And if that was the case, then why in the hell did they spend a billion dollars to go out and get all of HTC's engineering and design talent and bring them in? Because they were the ones that fabbed the Pixel XL and the Pixel originally, and also the ones who fabbed the Pixel 2 XL. There were changes, there were tweaks. They iterated on the design and they made it better. And then they failed to do that in the third year. So it makes that billion dollar investment that Google made seem like a bad decision at best. And an idiot move at worst. And it's puzzling as to a company with Google's resources being unable to consistently figure out a design language and strategy for their phone. They need a brand. The Pixel line of devices is a brand. Google's trying to make it a brand. So they need to be able to put out a phone that represents the best that Android has to offer from a software standpoint, and the best that Google can offer from a hardware standpoint. If that meant that they just needed to straight up buy HTC and get all of their supply chain and components and manufacturing parts, then that's what they should have done. Honestly, it probably wouldn't have cost much more than the billion dollars that they already spent as a cash infusion to HTC. They probably could have spent maybe two billion or three billion, which is chump change for a company the size of Google generating the size of profits and revenue that they generate. It would have been next to nothing for them to buy HTC and just turn them into a company that makes Pixel phones and Pixel hardware of any kind. Watches and homes and Chromecasts and God knows what else they want to rebrand under the Pixel line. Google could have done that and they chose not to. Google could have refined the design of the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL and churned out a product in the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL that would have been nearly perfect from a consumer standpoint and from a tech enthusiast standpoint, which is an incredibly difficult task to accomplish. It's disappointing. And this is the reason why I think that Google's leadership in the form of Rick Osterlo is not doing their jobs. And ultimately I think he needs to move on, whether it's within Google or be moved to another position and have someone else with a little bit more creativity and definitely much more of a unified vision, definitely much more of a clear vision for what Pixel should be going forward. If Google does want to maintain their lead in search, if Google does want to maintain a mobile advertising platform that generates billions in dollars of revenue every quarter, then they need to get the Pixel right. They have to get the Pixel right. 
And right now, that is not happening. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen in October when these phones are officially announced. Sorry I went a bit long. Thanks for listening. That's the show for today. Remember, you can support the show by checking out our website over at silicontheory.com. Following us on social, we are at Silicon Theory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. By subscribing to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory. You can also patronize the show. If you choose to do that, we would really appreciate it. Even as little as 99 cents a month helps us out a ton. We'll give you a special subscriber shout-out and a special patron shout-out on the next episode. Thanks again for listening, and remember, as always, we will talk tech soon.